Hey listeners, this is Brad Collins, one of the co-hosts of the Symmetry Podcast. And this is another one of our bonus episodes, where we break from our typical conversation format, and our other host, Ben LeBoot, shares an idea as a lesson or teaching. So without further ado... Have you ever encountered a situation where someone you know well does something so out of character that you can hardly believe it was that person? What if Jesus did that? Today, we're talking about Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman. Welcome to the Symmetry Podcast, a home for conversations about faith and humanity that are designed to help people grow. I'm Ben LeBoot. Today is a special bonus episode to whet our appetites for an upcoming episode that is all about God, women, and the sacred feminine. The story that we are looking at is found in two gospel accounts. The version I present to you now is Kenneth Bailey's translation of the version found in the book of Matthew. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And the disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. There's many things to note about this encounter, but when I first read this, what stood out to me most was how un-Jesus-like the whole thing seems to be. A woman approaches Jesus and cries out for mercy. He, instead of lifting her up, sympathizing with her, healing her daughter, forgiving her sins or anything else you might expect of Jesus, ignores the woman. Then, when she persists, he turns her away. Then, when she persists even more, he insults her. To what can we attribute this behavior? The woman is, one, a woman, and two, a foreigner. So, is Jesus being racist and or sexist? Let's try to understand this by placing ourselves in the Near East in the first century. In this patriarchal society, it would have been completely inappropriate for a woman to approach a man on the street and accost him, as a Syrophoenician woman in this story does. Furthermore, Jesus is a prominent, respected rabbi, making such behavior even that much more indecorous. And the icing on the cake is that Jesus is Jewish, and the woman is Canaanite. So there is interracial tension as well. With this in mind, Jesus was not out of place ignoring the woman. He was abiding the culture's view of decency by not talking to the woman. When she persists and he turns her away harshly, even with insults, 
he is not responding inappropriately. He is responding in kind. The woman upped the intensity, so Jesus responded with equal vigor. As a male, a Jew, and a rabbi, Jesus was not out of place. He was acting as expected. But while Jesus was operating in the realm of what was culturally acceptable, it does not take away the fact that he seems to be acting out of character. The whole thing just seems so unlike him. Where is the Jesus that breaks the cultural boundaries, particularly with women and other marginalized members of society? Where is the Jesus that we know from the woman at the well, or the woman he saved from stoning, or the woman at the house of Simon the Pharisee? What is different about the Syrophoenician woman? I submit to you that this entire dialogue is not about Jesus being a closet racist or about shifting his views on women. The entire dialogue is a teaching tool. Rabbi Jesus, teacher Jesus, was in the company of his disciples when a Syrophoenician woman approaches and pleads for her and her daughter. What Jesus does is, instead of instantly healing the daughter, he tests her faith. There's a precedent for Jesus testing people's faith before healing them. For example, when Jesus asked the paralytic at Bethsaida, do you want to be healed? So Jesus does not grant the Syrophoenician's woman request immediately. He pushes her to demonstrate her faith first. By challenging her three times, Jesus is allowing her to prove profound faith, because only the best students receive the toughest exams. When the woman responds with clever answers and persistence, Jesus is thrilled and praises her. O woman, great is your faith. Then Jesus grants her request in accordance with her desire. So all's well that ends well, right? While this unnamed woman displays faith unparalleled and will be remembered for the rest of human history, I submit to you further that the whole encounter was less for the woman's sake and more for the disciples. You see, Jesus could have tested her faith without being harsh, without embarrassing her, without calling her a little dog that is unworthy even of crumbs. My hypothesis is that this wasn't for her, it was for the disciples. Jesus is giving life to the prejudices of the disciples, whether voiced or unvoiced, conscious or subconscious. At this point in their lives, the disciples are men of their time. I don't mean this in a bad way. Not everyone is born a forward-thinking visionary. They, being Jewish, would have probably viewed Gentiles, like the woman, as dogs. And they, living in a patriarchal society, would have viewed a woman approaching a man as improper. The disciples would have all agreed with each other that if a foreign woman were to approach Jesus or the group as a whole, the decent and proper thing to do would be to ignore her and hope she leaves. When they are confronted with that very situation, Jesus, as a teaching tool, puts their sentiment to action. At first, he ignores the pleading woman. Easy enough, but then she persists after them. The disciples, thinking that they are helping, ask if they should send the woman away. But Jesus handles it on his own, berating the woman, as the disciples probably wanted, and the story goes on. In my mind, I think that it happens something like this. 
when the Syrophoenician woman approached Jesus, pleading and calling him Lord, Son of David, I think that Jesus turned to his disciples with a telling look and said, I'm going to show you what your way looks like. Ignores her. Not too difficult. But then she persists. Jesus says you're a foreigner. I don't care about foreigners. I'm only about the Jews. The disciples think, well, that was harsh. But hopefully she'll take the hint. Because it's getting difficult to watch this desperate woman pleading at Jesus' feet. But she doesn't take the hint. Lord, help me, she begs. I bet the disciples are thinking, maybe this is enough. Let's just get her what she wants. The poor woman is desperate. Okay, Jesus, we get it. But Jesus says no. This is a foreign dog and a woman. We don't interact with people like her. We wanted her to get out of here, so let's get her out. Then to the woman he says, you're a little dog. You are not worth the scraps on the table. What I have is for the children of Israel, not the likes of you. I would rather never heal again than let a wretch like you receive a blessing from me. The woman persists still. The disciples are uncomfortable and sick to their stomach. Jesus looks at them and says, This is what you wanted, isn't it? It works out for the woman. She demonstrates her profound faith, and the disciples learn their lesson. You see, Jesus' prejudice-looking actions are about the disciples, not the woman. The disciples had a notion of things that they could convince themselves was acceptable. But when played out, what did it look like? For their benefit, Jesus extended their line of reasoning, their speculation amongst like-minded individuals, into real-world practice. And did that look like God? A benign-sounding sentiment about ignoring a Gentile woman became a tough-to-watch, harsh vituperation of a poor, overextended mother begging Jesus for help. It is easy from our lofty perch among the gods here in the West and in the enlightened 21st century to look with arrogance at a group of prejudiced men who lived on the other side of the world and to denounce their narrow views. But are we really so different? And could we, too, benefit from analyzing where our viewpoints would take us when played out to their full potential? It is easy to sit in the back of church with like-minded people and make policies about people different from ourselves. Well, Jesus esteemed marriage, so maybe we should treat divorcees with less respect. And then when a divorced woman enters the church, you can ignore her, and maybe she'll feel bad and go away. When she doesn't, let's denounce her from the pulpit. Let's make signs that say God hates you and walk around town with them. And if none of that works, could you look a desperate, God-seeking woman in the eye and say Jesus will never love you? Is that really what God wants from us? And to what purpose? To what end? What could that possibly accomplish? Just like with the Syrophoenician woman, what possible benefit is there to be gained by turning her away? This story is a reminder to forget your notions of propriety, forget your prejudice, and show some humanity. 
show God's love. Maybe we can learn a lesson like the disciples did, if we can wake ourselves up to the fact that these days it isn't Canaanite women that the church has an issue with. Maybe it's foreigners, or minorities, or homosexuals, or divorced individuals, or unmarried couples, or the young, or the aged, or whoever is the Syrophoenician woman where you live. Maybe the appropriate response is not to turn people away, but to embrace them, and to follow Jesus' example, to show them the love of God. Thank you for listening to the Symmetry Podcast. Be on the lookout for our episode about God, women, and the sacred feminine. And until next time, Godspeed.